Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. I'm going to try and keep this intro slightly more brief because it's currently half 12, as in past midnight, on a Thursday night because I'm going camping tomorrow and this release, which is on the Sunday, I'm not going to be about for. I'm going to be getting mullered in a field with a couple of friends. So, well, I say a couple of friends. Well, it's going to be like 40 or so people. I imagine at least a couple of them probably like me. So, um, yeah. So, if this seems a little bit rushed, it's because it is. But just to clarify, this episode itself isn't rushed at all. It was a great long chat uh, with my buddy Ryan. Um, I've known Ryan since school. Um, he was two years below me. I believe we talk about that. I, I've made a few music videos for some of the projects he's done and whatnot. Um, back when I used to make music videos a little bit. Um, just in case you didn't know that, you can go check them out on, I think it's VD uh, Music Videos, I think it is. I think the, the video is Ryan Payne, which obviously his name's in the, um, in the episode art. If I've actually sorted that problem out now. Maybe I haven't. Who knows? It's crazy. Anyway, um, this episode is about... Uh, we talk about tattoos quite a lot um, because, well, Ryan's got loads of tattoos. I've only got one at the moment, but um, hopefully I'll be getting like a Star Wars sleeve sort of done more over time. It's just it costs money to do and <laughs> time to think about and stuff. And I'm much too busy for all that tomfoolery like having money. Haha. <laughs> no, I definitely would like more money. But... Um, yeah, uh, I, as you may be able to hear as well, I'm a little bit overtired and my brain is kind of only half working. So sorry about that as well. Um, we talk about tattoos, uh, superhero movies a little bit. We talk about piercings, the sort of alternative scenes, some of the stigma that goes along with, you know, tattoos and piercings, that sort of thing. Um, we talk about heavy music and different vocal styles, like for people who don't understand the difference between like clean and unclean vocals. Um, you know, it's more prominent in heavy music, unclean vocals. But we, we get into all of that. We talk about some of the guilty pleasures of music. Um as well as Ryan being in a band and some of his like stories of when he was in a band and some of them are pretty damn great and quite funny um as well as just being te- a teenager and getting into sort of the heavier music that sort of thing yeah that's basically it for part one what we talk about so it's just alternative sort of stuff uh the band Ryan's in at the moment is called Scars of Protest um I'll put some links in the description below and whatnot or if you follow me on any of the social media things Twitter Instagram Facebook um I believe we'll be posting about them I think. (laughs) If I don't, I'm very sorry to everyone. Before the show gets properly started, though, and I'll be playing a promo for the Rag Bag podcast. Weirdly enough, it's by a guy whose last name is also Burton. His name is Frank Burton. So um, his is all about music, so it's quite apt that um, we actually got into contact just before I sort of was doing this episode. It's quite coincidental. But his promo, it's all about music. So if if you enjoy music, you'll like this podcast, I imagine, and you'll like his podcast. So be sure to check him out. He also has the same last name as me. So... That may mean something to some people. I don't know. People seem to make big deals about people being from the same place or having the same last names or any of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, funny coincidence, getting into contact with a guy who has the same last name as me. His brother actually has the same name as me, weirdly enough. That's why he kind of saw me on one of the podcast groups. Um, and this podcast that I happened to release on the same week that he sort of contacts me happens to be music. Anyway. I'm going to stop blathering on as I usually do, even though I said I wouldn't. So I'm sorry, guys. And um, I'll be back at the end. Ragbag is a fortnightly music podcast presented by me, Frank Burton. I play stuff like this. I mean, is this eclectic enough for you yet? What more do you want?
I also tell strange stories and engage in some quality listener interaction. Although it has to be said, most of my listeners are not the greatest caliber of person. I'm only being honest. I'm just hoping someone intelligent is actually listening to this promo. Please help me out here, guys. Download Ragbag from SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher with more information at frankburson.co.uk. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat, uh, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And this week's interesting person is Ryan. Um, So yeah, Ryan, um, I've known you... God, since I think school and that sort of thing, isn't it? Because I think you're the year below me. Uh, two years below. Two. Okay, yeah. So you're two years younger than me. Um, and we've always. I, I see you. I see you at gigs all the time. Um, and obviously you're in quite a few uh, metal bands that have uh, intermittently played with some of the other friends of mine's bands and things like that. Like uh, you had that gig a while ago, um, with Guilty as Charged, and I think Callum's band were playing the same gig, Placeholder. So it's like. Oh, that was back when they were. Decipher, because we headlined that show. That was that was before we had our newest vocalist. Oh, wow. Uh, so okay. that was September 20... Not 17, 16, 16 2016. Probably. Yeah, yeah. So those sorts of things. So that's just like a vague description of how I know you and stuff. It's like... um, I was basically... I want to get you on here, because um, well, you're a musician. I do like talking to musicians about being in a band and all that sort of shit. But you're also like, uh, very alternative. And as you say that, I see that you've taken your jacket off now, so I can see your menagerie of tattoos, which is much more than mine. Mine's my one. <laughs> you've got loads. So I wanted to talk to you about the tattoos, so this is a good little uh, little segue. Um, do you know how many tattoos you have? Uh, I think the last time I counted was about 22, 21. And how old are you? 22. <laughs> Well, you're doing so, well. Doing yeah. Well. So what, Um, I can obviously, it's an audio podcast, so people can't actually see necessarily what you've got, but I'm intrigued by it. What Um, what have you actually got there? Like, what sort of, is there, a, I see both your arms have got quite a lot on. Is there like sleeve ideas, or do you just get loads of random stuff on there, or? Uh, they are just build-up sleeves. If, if, well, I just haven't got the time or money to finish them at the moment, but mm. I'm trying to get there. Yeah. So my left arm is all DC villains based. Oh, that's awesome, yeah. So I've got, uh, I got either portraits of villains or at least symbols of um, any one particular person. Yeah. So like I've got the Black Lantern logo or Lex Corp for Lex Luthor. Yeah. Because like I specifically said to the artist, I do not want a bold guy tattooed <laughs> on me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the other arm is uh, Tim Burton's sleeve. Oh, awesome, man. But um, I started off with Sweeney Todd and Edward Scissorhands mm. and anyone who saw me so just kept saying oh you got, you got Johnny Depp sleeve and I thought, no <laughs> I, I'm not a fan I, I like Johnny Depp but yeah. not that much yeah yeah I see so I, I had to get um, uh, The Horseman from Sleepy Hollow just oh, to get great movie get that out of the way <laughs> so what um, do you have any on your like chest or back or anything like that or legs uh, I've got one on my chest but it's all black and white, it's an Egyptian piece, but it's I, I'm I'm a skinny guy. It, it fucking hurt. Yeah, Callum's he said his hurt, and Callum's obviously a really skinny guy as well. Well, so I was just laying down there. The, the guy tattooing me. We were, I was only on there for an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Mm. But I mean, I've definitely put on a bit of weight now. But it's 
it was just essentially just going for it straight from skin to bone and it was just rattling the entire time and yeah like the more he there was supposed to be bits added to what is on there to mm-hmm. go up to my shoulders yeah but because of how much how bad it was i just got him to finish off what was there and i said look i'm not being funny it absolutely kills yeah just leave it as what it is right oh god I'm just going to move subtly on my really loud sofa. It's failing miserably. There we are. Ugh, move the mic closer to me like a professional so I can get proper comfy. Um, <laughs> yeah, with... Um, so, so you've got the Tim Burton and the uh, and the DC villain sleeve. Do you do you read a lot of the DC comics and that sort of thing? Or do you like the TV shows or the movies or what sort of... I mean, well, I, I like all superhero. Well, the films is what got me into it. Then mm. I started venturing into the comics. I definitely prefer DC over... Marvel, but mm. on a film's basis, obviously Marvel are absolutely slaying it right now. <laughs> Marvel's got like, what was it, like 15 or 20 films or something. And... Oh, too many. And they're all just, they're all great at the moment. <laughs> I, I... Yeah. But um, yeah, I did start reading the, the Rebirth comics from DC and the New 52, the most recent ones. I haven't bothered venturing into the old ones. Essentially, yeah. that's all backstories or it's storylines that I probably would have heard of yeah. just watching fan theories or anything like that. Yeah. But um, just the overall sense of there's just the villains in DC just seems so awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Fair. Yeah. I mean, with the Marvel, I mean, I've only with DC and Marvel, I've read very, very little of either of their comics. Um, I've seen, I know because I'm a bit of a nerd, you know, and I've played quite a few video games and these sorts of things. Like, and watched a lot of nerdy things, you pick up references and you pick up ideas about uh, Marvel and DC, but obviously the mainstream people know a lot more about Marvel, because apart from like Batman and Superman, people often can't name that many uh, DC characters, my, myself included. Um, and obviously Batman, because I think The Dark Knight, the film The Dark Knight is better than anything Marvel's brought out, but it's not, it's, it's like a really dark, gritty, almost realistic movie that has two villain or a villain and a hero in it you know in air quotes um but marvel is very much shiny colorful superhero yeah um, so. the thing with the dark knight films is it's it's oh, i remember seeing something about it it's not comic book based it's just comic book adapted which is why so many comic book references aren't put in there mm. it's like the general origin story and the way it's all brought about yeah because obviously the the original the Batman story is all very mystical. Yeah. And it's just so, some of the villains in it are very far-fetched, which you couldn't get away with in a Christopher Nolan Batman film. He tries to get it as real as he could, which is why, obviously, everything he's got is all sort of uh, all military stuff that got rejected. Mm. So that's why he took it that way. And all the villains yeah. are, to a point, uh, possible. Well, yeah, like Scarecrow is like a... Is like a, a, a a pheromone sprays and I think you can yeah. you can actually do that to people like you know with, with mushrooms and um, acid it's psilocybin um, and if you got a powder of that and you basically could spray it at people I'm sure that there, it would be possible you could make people vividly hallucinate so I think a lot of that but I, I like the Nolan verse because I like the gritty realism of it and I find one of the things the recent DC movies have been kind of doing wrong is they're not gritty and realistic enough like the Dark Knight trilogy but they're not light hearted and fun enough like the Marvel films they mm. just kind of fall in the middle a little bit and it's like the Marvel films have got a lot of rewatch value and a lot of mainstream appeal for me because they're quite funny and you can the characters have all got good chemistry and that sort of thing and then obviously Dark Knight is just gritty and brutal and realistic and yeah I just find 
DC is like you've got all this mystical, crazy, random shit going on, and then it's everyone's quite dour and not there's not that many, that many jokes, at least for Man yeah. of Steel and Batman vs Superman. Whereas in Justice League, they kind of twist it a bit, and I I quite enjoyed Justice League. I just felt like it was like the Avengers movies, but not quite as good as any of them, but still good. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, like I said for Justice League, it just felt it was too forced, considering mm-hmm. how everything else had been leading up to it. Yeah, and then yeah. suddenly they just throw in one liners every now and then, and yeah. it's like, oh, you you could have done without that easily. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. But um, but with uh, with the tattoos, well, what sort of um, have you got any plans for any of your other sort of tattoos and whatnot? It's more just getting the arms finished. I've got ideas for my hands, but I, I need the sleeves finished to go into it because my hands will be linked in with the sleeves as well. Oh, okay. It's like my um my DC sleeve, essentially all the pieces are there. I just need a background mm. for it all. Yeah. Because at the moment, where everyone keeps saying, it's just pieces dotted around at the moment. Yeah, the filler is quite important for a sleeve. Yeah. And then I mean, I've got like a Joker phrases mm. like dotted around and the plan was to get his face on as the handpiece oh what like as in um, I assume more like have you played the Arkham Asylum games yeah like that sort of Joker is that what you mean the more yeah, pointy yeah. face Joker or yeah that's what I kept thinking it'd be more concept art sort of video game style rather than yeah. comic book style mm. that's cool what about the other hand like the Tim Burton uh, one is essentially is like three quarters of my arm full at the moment I need just my forearm done yeah and then for that hand i was going to get the in alice in wonderland i was going to get the cat's eyes and mouth with like blacked out yeah oh that's awesome yeah the cheshire cat in that movie looks awesome but at the moment it's just a case of uh funds at the moment oh yeah tattoos a lot of people don't get uh well i say a lot now i mean nowadays i think the statistic is that one in three people under like 30 have got tattoos now and i think over time it's almost becoming more of a statement to not have tattoos because people are realizing now that just having a bit of your skin colored in is so not a big deal at all um it's like because i'm gonna get uh on this arm obviously i've only got the one i've got the one big tattoo like how what's the longest you've been in the in the chair for for like one go um well my tim burton pieces because they're portraits they take eight nine hours at a time yeah yeah and i was gonna say Oh yeah, they're, they're just they're just. Kidding. I think the longest one was my Edward Scissorhands on the back of my arm because yeah. he, he, the artist also edited one of my other pieces just to make it look more, well, make it blend in a bit more as a sleeve. Yeah. So yeah, I was in there for a while. I've <laughs> never wanted a session to end so oh, much. Yeah. Well, so I've only got the one tattoo, but it took seven and a half hours, mm. and it's like. The, obviously, depending on where it is, depends on how much it hurts and stuff. Obviously, a lot a lot of people say you get close to bone, it hurts more. Some people say less. It's really, I think it's dependent on the person almost. But like, with the tattoo, I was like, the first four hours, I was like, this is kind of uncomfortable, but I can deal with it. Then it got to like the fifth hour and I was like, okay, it's pretty uncomfortable now. And then the last probably two hours, maybe hour and a half, oh, it fucking caned. The yeah. last like hour was really about half an hour, but I had to keep, he had to keep being like, do you want to stop for a second? So just give me a minute. Just to have not like, because your whole arm is pain. It's all basically bleeding now. It's mm. all raw skin, and it's just they're going out like most of it's done, and they're just doing finishing off either shading or certain parts. And oh, the shading needles are like five needles long, and it's just like oh, just pain. And you're like, oh, I want this to be over, but I don't because I want this tattoo to be right. But ah, oh, it kills. See, so whenever when I had my portraits done, it was whenever the artist turned around and said to me, like, the last hour, and he said, I'm almost done, I've just got to do this bit. I, I knew it was going to hurt, because I, I knew for a fact what he was going to do. There's parts that were already done, 
and he's just going to go over it and let's just jam into it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I, 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 what, what did I do? Did I, did I do something to hurt you? Have I not paid you enough? <laughs> Where do you, um, do you get all your tattoos done in like one or two places or? Uh, my, the comic book arm is done by uh, Daryl in, the, uh, not District, um, Titanic. Oh, was that Tego? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. he's, uh, he was a big comic book fan and I thought he'd probably be the best person to go for and yeah. if they, he could throw in any ideas as well mm, yeah. I knew he'd be the best person to go to. Yeah, that's a good shout. And the um, the Tim Burton portraits, uh, there's a guy called Steve from Lucky Blacks mm. and he specialises in portraits. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I've not been disappointed with what he's done. Yeah, I mean, from here I haven't looked at your tattoos in detail. I might have to take a look at them. Maybe mm. take a couple of photos of them if you're cool with that yeah, yeah I can always chuck them on uh, when I post this stuff on like Instagram or whatever just have a couple of pictures of your tattoos I'll have to remember that people I'm going to have to now make sure I do that because I've got it recording yeah. <laughs> normally I think I'll get a photo of this and then I completely forget um, but yeah I mean my, I got mine done um, at Rock and Roll Tattoo um, I believe it was Tomek Lapper who did it I think but they've got a couple of artists there who are really into Star Wars and obviously mm. much like with a comic book it's quite easy to find someone who's quite a lot into it which is good um, but yeah I'll um I'll be getting my sleeve done probably all there because like you go somewhere once and if they do a good job you're like well might as well just keep going there because there's always that worry that you go somewhere and I, I mean Southampton's got so many tattoo places I mean loads of them are great I've been in quite a few where other people got tattoos done uh, there's one called Intense Colours down by Bitten Triangle Bitten Park Triangle oh yeah my old vocalist uh, goes down there she, oh yeah yeah she Definitely recommends that. Area. Yeah, they're really good there, and they've won awards and stuff. So it's like there's about I'd say there's probably about ten tattoo places in Southampton that are fucking world mm. class. Like you know, Titanic. I've heard great things about Rock and Roll. I've obviously been to, and a few people I know have been there as well. I've only heard good things about that. So uh, BJ tattoos in Wilson with my dad got his tattoos. They're still going. He, yeah, that's where Callum gets his done. I think. Yeah, he keeps on saying I need to go down there at some point. Mm, yeah, it's like um, with tattoos. It's, it's one of those things. Do you get it like? Um, I'm sure you do, uh, get a bit of stigma from it. Like, people... Now, fortunately, we're in the right generation where there's a lot less people giving you shit for it. But do you get, like... Does any family members or any people you, who you're close to kind of be like, do you really want to be getting tattoos? You know they're on you forever. Any of that sort of shit? Or are you quite... Not really. My mum my and dad are fine with it. They both got tattoos. My mum's started getting more tattoos now that me and my brother are old enough and we're getting our own tattoos now. That's awesome. And uh, But it, it's more like family friends they'll just sort of see us and then because they haven't seen us in so long they'll suddenly see me again with either new tattoos or something's changed and then they'll just start thinking oh I remember the last time I saw you you had nothing and now look at you you're ruining your body it's oh like, yeah you get that it's like I always find it funny because whenever people um, I don't get that much anymore I get I, I have I have an auntie who I love her to bits you know she's awesome but she's like oh, just don't get your tattoos it's like if you if anyone wears any clothing that isn't bland black or white then you're a hypocrite. Mm. In my eyes, because it's just the skin, like, skin is blank canvas. And it's just, you know, obviously because I'm a white guy, it's just white or peach, or whatever. It's just blank. It's like, well, if I can still be the same, but have art on there, and people go, yeah, but you know that's going to be there forever. It's like, no, it's going to be there till I die, which is like, I'm 24 now. I'm lucky if I'm going to get 60 years. Like, when I'm old enough, because people, people use that excuse on when you're old and not going to look good. It's like, when I'm old, I'm either going to be fine and not care, or I'm going to be so ill I won't care. So, you know, yeah. I'm on my deathbed. I'm not going to be thinking, oh, I really shouldn't have got that Star Wars tattoo. I'm going to be thinking, fuck, I didn't travel the world. I didn't do this. I should have been nicer to blank. It's like... There's, um, 
Well, yeah, everyone kept saying, it's like when I got my, I got Deathstroke on my shoulder, and it's literally just him there with a gun pointing mm. out, and uh, that's the first thing my, someone said when I w- went to work, was, you're going to regret that when you're older, and I thought, well, I mean, but now I I forget I have toes, I know they're there, Yeah. I, but it, this, is, this is, yeah, this is normal, this is what I look like, I, I won't just sort of think, oh yeah, I got that done. <laughs> you, when you get a new one, obviously, because I got, when I got my first one, I bet, because you say Deathstroke was your first one. Was oh it? no, Jack, Jack Skellington was first one of a small little seventy oh. pound tattoo just to ease my way into it. Ah, I see. But was the Deathstroke your first big proper one? Um, no, it was the first big piece on my DC sleeve. Oh, okay. But the first big tattoo was the portrait, and that and it was just going in from like hour sessions, two hour sessions, and then eight hour sessions. You're not allowed <laughs> to leave if you leave before it's done. It's yeah. going to look shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like when I got this tattoo done. Like, um, before I was getting, I, was, I wasn't quite having an R-ing, but I wasn't really sure what to get. And then Star Wars kind of called out to me a bit because um, I like Star Wars more than I like any media or franchise or anything because basically, um, I think you're aware that my dad died when I was 19 and yeah. he got me into Star Wars and a lot of my memories was watching Star Wars with him and he'd always, you know, there's a couple of Star Wars games he just bought me because he knew I liked Star Wars. And all the, so I've always had that connection with dad for Star Wars and he's of the... Uh, the original trilogy generation, and obviously we're of the prequel generation. And mm. this tattoo is Anakin and Obi Wan fighting, um, and then Vader at the top, which is a nice combination of it all. Um, and so my like tattoo sleeve is like a subtle nod to my dad, without being a "I love you, miss you, dad" sort of tattoo. But it's also something that I really like. And when I tell people, when people see that tattoo, they normally think, "Oh, that looks great." And then when I say I get a sleeve, half. Well, two-thirds of the people go, oh, that's awesome. And the other third go, do you really want Star Wars on your skin forever? And it's like, well, well people don't get, people who don't have tattoos say this sort of thing because even if you get something, as long as it's not like overtly shit, like if, if you get, there's certain people get like cannabis leaves on them and stuff. And it's their own yeah. lives, they can do what they want. But my own opinion is it doesn't matter if you smoke weed or not or even if you're proud of it. Having a drug that's illegal on your body can only really be bad for you in the future if you're having an issue with a divorce and you've got, you know, you've got, you're a perfectly cool guy, but if you have a drug on you, they're going to use that against you. Job interviews, all sorts of other things. But it's like, even then, I, I don't really care. It's just society's the problem and I'm just aware of that. It's like face tattoos. But it's like, the idea of it is, it's the memory that I like. You know, nothing's ever going to take away how much Star Wars meant to me. Mm. Like, even if I'm 50 and I don't like Star Wars anymore, I'm not going to look at my arm and go, oh man, I really regret getting the Star Wars because it meant something to me at the time. And it's just one arm of Star Wars. If I was getting my whole body, it'd be, you know, a bit different. But I'm sure like with you with comic books, I mean, even though we're both quite young, it's like people probably like, well, what if you don't like that shit when you're older? It's like, well, with you having like um, the Sleepy Hollow tattoo and the Jack Skellington and obviously Deathstroke, it's like, well, even if you're not into those as much, you're still you at a point in your life you really enjoyed them and especially with the movies particularly with uh, Sleepy Hollow like that film is a great movie you're never going to really hate the movie you may not be into it as much one day but you're never going to be like oh, fuck that movie it's the worst movie ever you know so it's yeah. like a memory thing I mean even, even like I mean back when I was a kid I, I, mean, I, was, I always used to watch DC films but not necessarily to the point I do now yeah it's like they had the old Batman films uh, Batman and Robin which oh yeah most people hate. Okay, I understand. You know the George Clooney bat nipples. Understandable, <laughs> but that's still one of my favorite films, and yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but I mean stuff like that, and even the old Tim Burton films. Like I, I grew up on Nightmare Before Christmas, and then when obviously he did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Even I wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm probably one of the only people that 
actually generally liked it. Just sit through and think, it's 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 not too bad. I mean, it could could have been worse. (laughs) It could have been. Yeah, it's not. I think all the bad Tim Burton films are not like really shit. I just think it's like, eh, could have been better. Mm. It's always got that potential thing. But I just realised was quite cool. What's quite cool is the whole Batman thing. When you used to watch Batman when you were younger, obviously Tim Burton made. Was it Batman Forever or was it the first two Batmans? I always forget. Yeah, the first two. Yeah. Because that's what the, the guy who told me he said, why don't you get a Batman tattoo? And I thought, because I've got a DC villain sleeve. Yeah. I don't really want to sort of put Batman onto a sleeve just because Tim Burton did it. Or if anything, I want to avoid that entirely. Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting thing where both your sleeves are kind of interconnected in some way. Yeah. Like my, um, on my other arm, I haven't got anything yet and I haven't figured it out. I was thinking I'm going to get everything done on Star Wars. I want to get like something to do with Kylo Ren because I think his mask is savage and I think he's mm. such a cool character. And even with Last Jedi, I like him even more. But I just, I said this to other people. I was like, um, I don't want to get a tattoo of Kylo Ren after episode seven and then him become a complete pussy and I hate him by episode nine. So yeah. it's, I'm hoping, so far it's good, fingers crossed, when episode nine comes out, I like him. But like, I want to get there, I want to get like a Kylo Ren mask and then hopefully like a red lightsaber going up and then maybe Darth Maul's face on the other side or something like that. Oh yeah. Because um, Darth Maul's also in the series of Star Wars as well and I fucking love him in the series. His character's got so much more depth, it's so cool. But um Yes, yeah, so with with all the tattoos and stuff, obviously you've got um, you've got your ears stretched as well. Have you? I've saw you've had more piercings, haven't you? Like, uh... I used to have a, uh, a vertical labrador on my lip. Yeah. Which, for anyone who doesn't know, is just a bar going up through the top of your lip. Is that very painful? Yeah, it was horrible. I I, <laughs> I, I generally thought I was going to cry when I got that done. Really? Because I just sort of got out of it, and then oh, it's, it's it's painful because you got a, you got a little ball which is on top of your lip and you don't realize how much of an inconvenience it is because i kept saying i just want to drink <laughs> and then um the first thing we got was a can yeah and I, I i couldn't put drink it normally because the ball was there i couldn't move my lip because it was swollen yeah so i had to sort of open my mouth and just sort of pour it in from a distance <laughs> which is is horrible and i think the other person i had was a um had a scaffolding in my ear yeah but i had that back in school and everyone was Everyone was in that scene sort of phase where everyone just wanted to hug everybody, and it was you know it was all love. And then someone would hug me and just literally just graze the ear because it's connecting both parts. Mm. And I just saw like, okay, yep, I'm, I'm bleeding. It, <laughs> it hurts. I had it for a month, and I just thought, no, I am not doing this again. Yeah, you start with um for a while. I was pretty tempted to get a, a lip ring or an eyebrow ring or something, and I was really tempted for a while. And then I didn't in the end, and I'm kind of happy I didn't because you get the little holes and stuff, which isn't a big deal, but like. Where especially I had curly hair, I was brushing my hair, and I, I'm quite like, I'm quite clumsy. I don't necessarily drop stuff and break it that often. It's more I end up banging myself off stuff. Like I walk past things and just bang my elbows or wrists or feet off things, and I'm like, if I catch the eyebrow piercing with a brush, the wrong angle, that just rip like a thing off. And like you, you see people's ears where they get them stretched way too big, and yeah. then they have a blowout, and it's just like, like what's because your, you're obviously very alternative, and your stretches look like what, uh, eight, eight, what millimeter are they? Yeah. Fourteen. What they were twenty-two beforehand, but uh, it just caused so many problems. And then I sort of shrunk them down to heal them a bit, and then yeah. uh, just, you know, I just I can't be asked to go any higher now. Yeah, well, so I've I've never had a problem with anyone getting face tattoos, piercings, or anything like that sort of thing. But like with when you get the really big uh, ear ones, where your ear starts to go sideways because it's so big, and then yeah. you get the ones where they're so big, the stretch of skin is actually about. Like a few millimeters in size and it's like all you need is someone to flick it really hard at the wrong angle and it'll come off that's when I think it's a bit big mm. when it actually almost the size of the rest of your ear yeah that, that, I like I like uh, low key stretches though 
Um, but I want to add, I've said in another podcast about face tattoos. What's your opinion on face tattoos? I'd, I'd be interested to... It's it's a weird one. I, I, mm. I generally... Well, the only tattoos I've seen is... Obviously, there's... the You get the tear on your eye, yeah. which I think has got different meanings. The one I've heard is it's about if you've killed someone or you know someone who's died or something like that. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm not sure. You, you might be right. I honestly have no idea. Another one is uh, you see a couple of people with writing on their head or somewhere. <laughs> Unbreakable I, I just, Yeah. I think the only reason I... Well, actually, I wouldn't even get my face towed. I'd get my head towed if I was to go bold again. Yeah, yeah. But that, that would be it. Because worst case, if, if it is something you don't like, grow hair. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. My, my thing with uh, face tattoos, it's, I almost feel hypocritical saying it because... Um, I like to think of myself as quite liberal and I just think anyone can do whatever they want with their bodies as long as not hurting anyone obviously mm. but I just face tattoos is the I don't mind face piercings to a degree I don't really like when people have got like a billion face piercings that puts me off when they've got you know like 10 mouth piercings you know and then like 4 or 5 nose rings and then cheek dermals and eyebrow it's like they can do what they want that's completely their choice and I would I, if I talk to someone who's got that I won't judge them but I just don't like that at all but with a face tattoo I just I was trying. I've been trying to figure out the reason why I have an issue with it to a degree. Because like hand tattoos are very visible, but I I really really want to get hand tattoos. Like I'd want to get dot work on my hand tattoos. That'd be my, yeah. my ideal. Obviously, my Star Wars one. I'd maybe get like a dot work Death Star or something. But I'm gonna wait till um I can afford it and later on in my potentially career because I work in an office and stuff. I don't know how that's gonna how hand tattoos will affect that. Hopefully, society become more liberal and people won't care anymore. But you know, the thing with hand tattoos is. It's not the first part thing you notice about someone. Hmm. It's sort of if you sort of have a conversation with someone, or even if you sort of just glance at them for longer than a second, yeah. you sort of notice. Oh, they got hand tattoos, but if they got something on their face, it's like the first thing you see. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if if it just doesn't look right, then there's just it's just it's horrible. Yeah, it's inescapable as well. I think that's mm. part of it because I asked uh, Josh about that because Josh hasn't got any tattoos, but he's he's fine with tattoos. But he was like, the it's almost literally putting it in someone's face the face is the one part of your body excluding certain times and certain religions where you basically see someone's face all the time don't you whenever you have a conversation you see their whole face any other part of their body depending on weather can be covered up or anything but the face is the one thing which you always see and it seems to me it's weird to, to get something on your face I, I wonder if it's partly part of my uh sort of hesitation towards it um is when you talk to someone obviously you read their facial expressions a lot. You read body language and facial expressions. Well, body language isn't affected by tattoos. Mm. But I wonder if having tattoos and writing and stuff on your face maybe uh, makes it harder for your brain to kind of read people's facial expressions or something along those lines. Yeah, um, I, I can see that. Yeah, I wonder if that was it. But yeah, I'm kind of in the same... I'm like, oh, I don't mind... I'm, I I don't necessarily judge people if they have a couple of face tattoos. I just don't really understand why anyone would get one. And then you get those people who have like their entire face like in Suicide Squad, Diablo, which personally is my favourite character in that movie. Mm. But his whole face tattoo, and it's like of a skull. And it's like, why would you ever really want to have that? You know, you get people in gangs that have it, but like, I don't know. See, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's the only... I think it's the, I don't know, I wouldn't even call it an acceptable reason. It's the only reason I can see... That's half decent to get a face tattoo if, if it was a, a gang thing. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not saying, you know, if there's anyone out there listening to this that in a gang, don't not get your face tattooed, but... <laughs> yeah, people can do what they want. Yeah. Yeah. But so, um, I was going to say, uh, I had it and it's completely disappeared into the abyss, but we've been talking about uh, tattoos uh, quite a bit 
um, and piercings and stuff. So I'm thinking about um, it's kind of verge into sort of music a little bit because obviously that's what we uh, you're much more we're both quite passionate about it. But obviously you play uh, music, so you you obviously sing, you do clean and unclean vocals, you play guitar. I assume you play play bass or you can play bass. Oh, I, I can do. I, I, I know. Well, I play bass. So I'm not good at bass. I've <laughs> okay. seen some good plays, bass players. Yeah. Are there any other instruments you can play? Um, not particularly. I know like odd little bits on piano, but that's literally just there's a piano, play a little melody. But that's about it. Yeah. Well, what um, with you, uh, to, to preface things because if if anyone's listening who isn't into like ridiculously heavy music or anything like that, I want to preface that um. When I imagine we end up saying it in the in the chat, but like uh, clean and unclean vocals, because like any you know if someone isn't really into heavy music, if they call it screamo or yeah, because it's like there's so many variations of unclean vocals, it's actually unreal. Like on my phone alone, I could probably show someone thirty bands, and every band would have a different vocalist and sound completely different. You know, a lot of people don't get you've got you've got the lows, which is obviously. Uh, the proper low pitch growls which old heart of a coward did quite a bit you got the mids and then among the, the mids and then you've got the highs but you've also got ones that are like you got the shouty and goey ones you get like ones that are a bit more punky and it's like half sing half screaming but then you get the proper like guttural like, sort of ones it's like all these variety of ones that people they don't give enough credit for you know of unclean especially people yeah. don't like heavy music so when we say clean and unclean clean is singing unclean is harsh vocals shouting scream at whatever the fuck you want to call it so obviously you do you do quite a variety there. So, what kind of, what kind of style you're in, in music? So, from an early age, what sort of stuff did you like? What kind of got you into the alternative scene, and what kind of birthed your playing in music? Well, um, my dad used to, he was always been into sort of rock. So, I, I grew up on stuff like Bon Jovi, White Snake, uh, Thunder, and then um, as I got older, into secondary school, sort of time my mates started introducing me to new stuff it started off fairly light so started off with Foo Fighters mm. bit of saliva Motorhead and then I I'd, I knew of Metallica but I'd never listened to them at this point and then started getting into them a bit then gradually got heavier by introduced to Slipknot and Korn mm. and then going to the mainstream metalcore side so Avenged uh, Bullet Trivium yeah. uh, Killswitch Engage and then it just spiraled out of control from there, really. <laughs> I have something similar to that with because uh, I, when I first got into music and stuff, I was um, I liked Eminem. Uh, that was the first artist that I really liked. Loads of their music. I, I liked bits and pieces of Akon and Fifty Cent, but I was never really into them. And then uh, my dad, my dad got me into quite a bit of music. He liked Evanescence, Muse. He liked a lot of Peter Gabriel, Genesis, that sort of rock from the eighties and nineties. But he liked a lot of prog rock. He liked Dream Theater and shit like yeah. that. And um, so he used to play classical music in the car, as well as like dream theater, as well as like, um, you know, Genesis and all these sorts of variety of rock. But he was never into unclean vocals. Um, but he, he got me into Muse and Evanescence and stuff. And then I really got into the band The Rasmus, which are the ones that did the, you know, In the Shadows. Everyone knows that, everyone knows that song. They've actually got loads of other songs. That are, like they've got two albums that are legit, really, really good. It's quite surprising. But I got into them. And then when I was. When I was in school, uh, secondary school, uh, I was playing Guitar Hero a little bit with Kieran and stuff, and he really liked Slipknot, before I forget, and I never liked that song, and I was like, oh, this song, and he would always play it at me, because he knew it annoyed me a little bit, and also it's a great song to play on Guitar Hero, and he'd always play it, and I'd hate it, and then one day it just kind of clicked, and I was like, 
So it's pretty good, isn't it? And then my dad bought me, because my dad was so into music, he would buy me, back in the old days where, <laughs> now it's weird to say even buying CDs anymore because so many people used Spotify, myself included. Yeah. Um, but he bought me a Slipknot CD, Volume 3, uh, which I've got before I forget, and Duality and Vermillion and stuff on. And I just, it, it's weird. I liked music before, even when I really liked the Rasmus, but getting into music that was so different and so raw emotionally completely blew the doors off anything. Mm. From the almost the month of me liking Slipknot, I end up liking more music within a year of that than I had my entire 12, 13 years of life. Was that sort of the similar th- thing for you? Like, Because uh, Slipknot was quite a good band for everyone to kind of get into to start music because they're quite accessible, but they're fucking unbelievably good. Yeah, it was, it, I don't know, it was a weird situation, especially bands like Slipknot. But back then, I had no real concept on what bands were good they yeah. just generally i just got thrown names of bands and then i I checked them out and i thought yeah this is, this is all right yeah before the internet was like such a huge thing everyone knew everything yeah i was uh, yeah discovering music on uh youtube and was, i think it was back when bebo was still a thing and they had the silly little poll thing saying what band are you yeah and uh <laughs> i remember doing one that was a death metal one i i had no idea what death metal was at the time <laughs> and then it came up saying oh you're you're cannibal corpse and i thought who are these? So I checked them out and I thought, fuck, okay, that's death metal. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah, what people don't get is, uh, we were talking about it a little bit before the podcast, but like, what people don't understand about uh, people like you and me and Callum and Reese and whoever who, who like really heavy music, um, like, I think the deathcore is the heaviest I like or like really goy hardcore where mm. it's basically all unclean vocals, you know, there's the blast beats of drums and the guitar and it's like drums like someone just shouting over it. It's like, People don't get is when you're 10 or 11, you don't just suddenly someone shows you Cannibal Corpse and you're like, this is the best thing ever. And I mean, you love it. It's a slow progression, I found, yeah. with me. Like, was was there, like with me, I think um, Slipknot was definitely the band that kind of changed the game a bit. But I think Devil Driver was sort of the next really heavy band I got into. And then it slowly kind of went from there of just widening it. And now it's weird because I used to be quite an elitist with music. Um, I used to like it was just metal or rock and that was it and then a little bit of rap because of Eminem and then over time I've been more and more open with music and we were talking about it when I um, picked you up earlier <laughs> I was saying like I'm picking up you and you're in like a you know you're in a, a pretty goey metal band and you've been in quite a few other heavy bands and it's like the irony of me playing Post Malone that I've only got into the last two days mm. and then you said you like Post Malone as well and it's like you wouldn't expect someone who likes a band like Slipknot or Korn or even Chelsea Grin or something really heavy to like the opposite. So, so what kind of music? What other stuff do you like that's not expected? Almost. Like, do you have any guilty pleasures? Um, I, I, I keep on saying this to people because I, I get asked there a fair bit. Yeah. I don't believe in guilty pleasures because it means essentially it just means you're ashamed to admit you like it. Yeah. But I, 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 I don't care what people think. I listen. To, I listen to anything. I would listen to. I mean, at work, the department I work in, I can listen to anything I want. So I'll listen to, you know, a bit of a post-rock or grungy sort of stuff like Shine Down, or I'll yeah. literally just say, nah, fuck these guys. I'm throwing on some Suicide Silence or Whitechapel. Yeah. Or uh, I do like Post Malone or those days where you've just had too much to drink and I'll throw on some Coldplay and James Blunt. And yeah. Just think, oh, it's just, <laughs> yeah. This is, this is chilled. Yeah, that's good. But, yeah. Uh, I used to be really bad 
with music choices, I kept thinking, oh, I listen to metal. I can only listen to metal. Yeah. I was very impressionable with that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, but um, after leaving, well, as soon as I started the job I do now, working with so many people that prefer everything other than rock and metal. Yeah. I've, I've sort of had to grow into liking the other stuff again and then realising how much I actually miss listening to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I was in a similar boat. I, I would do that. And then you, you, I really, you know when someone's really into music when mm. they like all kinds of music, you know, because there's so much you can, you, you can really get your teeth into, you know, you don't, I, I find that I'm into almost like two or three bands of every genre. There's very few genres that I'm really not into at all, you know, and it's very rare I even hear music anymore that I absolutely hate. And what you said about the guilty pleasures thing, like, I'm glad you said that because I've always, I've always felt like that as well. Like, I think the the worst music I like, air quotes, worst is, um, oh, there's a song, uh, Rihanna, like, I like a bit of Rihanna, I really like Unfaithful, and I fucking love Umbrella. About a month or two ago, I got so into Umbrella, I was listening to it, like, non-stop for, like, a week. Just, like, one whole week solid of just Umbrella by Rihanna. I know all the words to it. I don't know the Jay-Z bit, though, because I'm a failure. But I was just singing it mad, and it would be, like, after that, it was a really heavy album came out of a band I liked, and I can't remember for the life of me what it was, but I basically was listening to Rihanna, Unfaithful, and Umbrella, and then horrendously strong unclean vocals and so i'm glad you say about the guilty pleasure thing because that's what i kind of you should never be ashamed of things you like because unless it's something absolutely horrendous uh, like i was in hurting someone else in a horrendous way but like normal terms of things i mean there's a few there's a few movies that i like that are shit but i know they're shit and that's kind of the point (laughs) but uh apart from that what about um i just half interrupted you (laughs) you had your mouth open and you're about to say something or you're just opening your mouth randomly. Don't open my mouth. Okay. I always, I'm always conscious that I'm uh, interrupting people and talking too much, which normally is the case. Um, but what uh, what got you into sort of playing an instrument? What made you pick up a guitar? For, is that the first thing you started doing, or were you singing first? Uh, singing, I think. I think everyone is singing, yeah. whether they're good at it or not. I mean, I... I I, I don't like saying I'm a good singer, but yeah. you know now and then now and then I'll be singing the work, and I think you know what I could give every single singer in the world a run for their money right now. <laughs> but I yeah I used to just start off as a, as a kid just just singing around pissing about, and then someone would turn. I think I don't know. I, I get mixed reviews. Some people say hey, you know you're actually not that bad, but my music teacher from my first secondary school turned around and said yeah it's it's just it's just not for you, and then I thought great. Thanks. <laughs> well, better um, than me. Everyone's always told me I'm shit. Like every, everyone is always. I'm a terrible singer. But the guitar, my I mean, my dad, he he was in a band when he was younger. Oh yeah. But he um, it was just a covers band, hmm. and uh, they recorded a. I don't really know what to call it. It was on a cassette. It's maybe an album on a cassette, just full yeah. of covers. It was pretty decent. But uh, yeah, he always used to play. Then he used to teach me everything every now and then. But as soon as he got to secondary school. Then it's all kicked off a bit more, and then uh, just started teaching myself, yeah. really, because the school schools will only get you so far with teaching instruments. They'll do it the, I, I suppose it's the proper way. Well, whereas me, I just wanted to know stuff. I knew for a fact I wouldn't be able to do straight away. Yeah, I'd rather just struggle for ages and then just think I'll finally do it. Yeah. A, have a sense of accomplishment. 
Yeah, I think Callum was the same as that as well. He said something similar. When people are really into music as well, you get into, especially when you like a lot of metal bands and stuff, you start getting into that. Mm. You want to play what they're playing, and a lot of that stuff is really difficult. So, um, yeah, with uh, so you got into it with secondary school and stuff, and what you were you in bands in secondary school? I'm trying to remember the timeline. Like, uh, first band I was in was uh, Neon Genesis. Oh, with Ryan and Reese. Oh, yeah, that was. Uh... <laughs> The look on your face right now. That, that was that was fun. Yeah, I remember. Well, we did. I think we played at the school. Yeah, we played at the school once. Did the song uh, "Temptation," which I think was the first time we ever did. They did screaming, and um, <laughs> the the looks I got. Oh, it was weird. I I, I straightened my hair. We um, did some very underage bad drinking, came to the school, slightly <laughs> hammered, and then played a gig. I'm screaming away. And then the next day, music teacher comes. He said, were you drunk? And I thought, I couldn't do that drunk. <laughs> Brilliant. And, and now I travel Now I travel most of the country to do it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that happened. We did a couple of gigs at Jointers, but I, 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 had, I had no gear. We literally were doing shows with just absolute shit. I had a ten watt Marshall amp, which is the small. It's just it's just so small, and anyone who thinks doing a gig with it is cool is like literally just so wrong. It's not it's not a good idea. Then we did that feedback central. We finished. We only knew four songs, and we get through that, and then they turn around and say, "Yeah, you still got about fifteen minutes left." It's like we'll do it again. <laughs> oh, the good old days of when you were in like a band when you were like really young. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got into, um, so I was Neon Genesis, yeah, that was with Reese, who's also my mate who's been in the podcast. Mm. Um, because obviously he was in Decipher with Callum as well. And he, he wasn't, I think he's not in, he's not in placeholder now when they changed their name and stuff. That he left the band. Uh, not because they, that's what he sounded like. They changed the name. So Reese left. Yeah. Uh, Reese left. So did the George the bassist. And they just want to change their sound a little bit. So they changed their name. But, um, then, when did you get into after that? Is that when you kind of got into Infamous Nobody and then Guilty as Charged? Was that the kind of timeline? Um, well, after after Neon Genesis, um, Aaron Hutter from school he recommended me to some guys and said about being a vocalist, and mm. I thought I'll, I'll give it a go. You know, I've been screaming for at least a little while now. I know the logistics of it, I suppose. So I gave that a go and ended up joining a band called This Narwhal Is Angry. This Which, narwhal is angry. Still, to this day, is probably the reason I am as popular as I am in the music scene. Really? They won't remember me for Infamous. They won't remember me for Guilty as Charged or the band I'm in now. They'll just say, hey, you're in this narwhal is angry. And I'm like, fuck's sake. <laughs> Was that the uh, one of those kind of bands like uh, Devil Wears Prada sort of thing, where they like to name every single song something horrendously ridiculous and mad? Um, It w- wasn't even that. It was just... I think it was just a couple of mates just getting around and then just pissing around with music. I mean, the first thing they said to me when I said about joining is said, okay, well, the first thing we're going to do is you need to learn Stick Stickly by Attack Attack. And I thought, okay, let's see how this goes. <laughs> so we're, we're at a band practice in my mate's living room on electric drum kit, only the guitar's plugged in. The keyboard is only grand piano. So even the synthy part is just like the most classical thing I've ever heard. And because... Uh, there was only one mic so the singer had a mic and I had to scream just out open but I was still louder than everyone else <laughs> and I thought oh, this, is, this is awful I feel like I'm making too much noise and then I said to him yeah you know what I could probably get us gigs which I don't know why 
because I think our biggest gig was um, was uh, supporting a band Flood the Sky when they came back, which is now our hollow, our home. Oh, okay. Yeah. This was when they came back and they had Desolated and Flood the Sky sort of co-headlining. Yeah. Uh, Doom from day one supporting, which the vocalist is the basis of Creeper now. Oh, really? Wow. And uh, Cities on Fire, which the vocalist is now in deference. That's Oh, Rob Lear. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna. I was probably going to give him a shout at some point, see if he wanted to come on here, because I'd be interested to chat to him. That's but um, opening that show, it was, you, uh, there were so many people there, because mm. there was like so many decent local bands. Yeah. And us. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it was... It was chaos. It really was. We still had no gear, so we had well, a 10 watt Marshall amp again. Um, I think uh, it was about 50 watt amp on the other side of the stage. Bass player was okay. I think I don't. Um, it, it was a, it was a female bass player. I I can't cannot remember the name for the life of me, but yeah, she was alright. But we we had cock ups throughout the stage. The um the fog machine at this point had also leaked onto one of the amps, which ended up causing all sorts of chaos and uh we got to the last song and i felt really uh, no one was moving no everyone was looking i was thinking what the fuck are they doing and i still sort of last song kept thinking all right it's time for a wall of death let's do this so i'm asking everyone to move and everyone's looking at me like fuck you doing and I'm like, all right let's do let's just let's end this and go home <laughs> Oh man the, there have been many times i've gone to uh local gigs and you have like a a, a big-ish band uh, playing and obviously when you get a big-ish band playing that's not that big then the support act is local and then the other two support acts are just unknown mm. and sometimes you get them where they're really trying and I do feel for them but you have a support act that's trying to get the crowd going and the crowd is just not yeah. <laughs> it's just nothing you can really do it's just like it's so hard the crowd control element of things like it's almost like the bigger as a band you get the easier it becomes but to become a big band you almost have to do that so yeah. it's a real weird paradox yeah, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, so uh, that's definitely the dark parts of my uh, musical music, music. career. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just going around every now and then, and uh, I, I generally think some of the bands I've been in uh, have done better than that. But someone just going, "Hey, you're in a, you used to be in this, and I was angry for." Unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was me. Yep, that was that was a dark part of my life. So, um, and then you did infamous nobody with uh. A guy, Mike Axton, who uh, I know, and I think I did, because um, I used to, some people may, probably don't know this, but I used to make music videos a bit, and I made the music video for you, you had a solo song, was it called Let Go or something like that? Uh, it's Just Me. It's Just Me, that was it. Yeah, with uh, Reese Hudson recording that, uh, made that uh, that video in your room and all that sort of stuff. Oh, no, that was uh, my acoustic stuff. That's oh, what I was... Oh, you're on about that? I thought you were about Mike's rap stuff then. Oh, no, no. There's there's Mike's rap stuff, which I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was it. Because I've done three music videos for you in different bands. Because we did Infamous Nobody, and that was Mike Axton and you and the heavy band. Obviously, you guys did a bit of the filming for that as well. Mm. And then there was uh, your solo stuff, uh, which is the acoustic thing. And then also Mike's rap song which was probably the best rap song I think I've heard of his, which was the heavier one with you in it as well. Yeah. So I think you've been in the majority of the music videos I've made, funnily enough. That's yeah. Pretty, that's, it's weird to think about. I just kind of clicked. Um, yeah, I used to make music videos, obviously. And then, um, so it was, uh, it was Infamous Nobody, which was a lot more heavy and a bit more going. You, how long have you in that band for? It was about a year or so, wasn't it? Uh, it was two years or so, I yeah. think. Yeah. But, uh, 
yeah, that was the reason I I grew my hatred for drummers. Oh, because uh, the drummer was a pain in the ass. Oh, it's it's not not even just that. I mean, drummers can be pain in the ass. Oh, so you but... don't have to name him. But I don't want. It's probably best if you don't name him. Now I am I am a decent times with most of those people at the yeah. moment. But the situation throughout the drum throughout the times like the first drummer we had and um uh stole my girlfriend. Right. Second drummer we had stole my money. <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> And then uh, after that, uh, obviously after Infamous, it was Gilly's charge, and then it's it's just dramas can be a pain in the ass. They really I've, can. I've heard that my my brother Rob, he's in um he's in a few bands. In fact, he played that gig we were at uh the other day at the Talking Heads, where um you'll see the other day. How long ago was this? No, it was you when you were there, but you weren't playing when uh, Callum's band was playing. Oh yeah. Uh, I think Deference were playing as well, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the, yeah, it was the uh, Teddy Rocks fundraiser. Well, my brother's band was that first band on. Uh, oh, right. Bring the Revolution. My brother's was a singer with a really high-pitched voice. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so, I know. Talent in my family. My dad was also in a band and played a lot of music and stuff like that. Whereas I'm fucking used to, I could just talk. I can talk into a mic and do really bad white boy rapping, but I can't sing. Um, but, yeah, he... Um, what was I saying? I lost my I lost my train of thought, which is absolutely atrocious for me. Um yeah, with guilty as charged and stuff, and oh, drummers. My brother was saying that like he's had loads of issues with drummers in the past, and he's just like he says that all drummers are just completely insane, but they're insane in different ways. He's had one which is like really OCD about stuff. He's others which are just terrible with money. Others are just either really late all the time or just don't show up to band practice sometimes. And it's like if you don't have a bassist show up or you don't have a member show up, you you maybe be able to wing it a bit. But if you don't have a drummer, it's a bit like you know it's. He's the beat going, uh, and so he's said that. And Callum, um, with drumming as well, it's it's so hard to to find another drummer because when you want to pick up an instrument, the drumming is the most expensive thing to pick up. You know, yeah. with a guitar, you could pick up to learn to play guitar. You could pick up a crappy acoustic guitar for barely any money at all, just to learn the ropes. But even if you want a really crappy drum kit, it still costs a couple of hundred just to get something shit. Uh, so yeah, drummers are. I've heard are a bit of a nightmare. Um, but so, so even all the if you wanted a good drummer they're probably already in a band <laughs> exactly yeah there's a lot of that because there's such a high demand mm. uh, and then there's so you can get what he's charged how, how long were you in that for because that was more because with Infamous Nobody that was like Mike did a lot of the vocals and writing for that but was was Gilly's charge your first big <clears throat> excuse me I always but every podcast I do I burp I'm sorry guys who's <laughs> listening um, was Gilly's charge your first sort of band that you were at the helm sort of thing yeah, I saw. Well, I mean, it, it was nobody. After about a year of doing practicing and gigs and stuff, I think it was sort of joint between me and Mike because okay. we ended up being the only two originals left. And then we, me and him, both did all the songwriting. We yeah. did all the organizing. If it was practice, we'd sort it out. Okay, cool. But we obviously, yeah, we ended up living together. And, yeah. Um. But yeah, it was. Uh, it definitely sort of opened the door a bit. And then with Gilius Charge, I sort of spent, I think I had about a two year gap with bands, which any musician that has been in bands and wants to get back and say is, is a horrible long time. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up, uh, well, to be fair, I ended up just writing the music for it. And then I kept saying I did want a band and then just happened to bump into someone and say, yeah, I just, I've, you know, I've just recorded all this. Mm-hmm. And then, Suddenly, it was kickstarting. We were practicing, end up getting gigs, and then 
it was the first time I took it serious because I managed to get back. I didn't want to just play the same city over and over again. Whereas Infamous Nobody, we played Southampton so many times within a year. Yeah. And then I think the only other two places we went were Winchester, which no one's there. <laughs> or Isla White, which unless the headline band is half decent, there's just no one there. Yeah, yeah. Especially Isla White is quite isolated and stuff. Mm. So you took the so with the, the obviously the two year gap because being like being like a musician, it's it's one of those. Like when, whenever I talk to people who are into who have their own passions, like I had a friend of mine, Steph, who's a, a YouTuber and stuff. People, what people don't get is how much legwork there is for the thing that everyone sees. So with this podcast, for example, obviously what people are going to be hearing is this conversation, which is great. And this is the fun part that I enjoy the most. And releasing it and getting good feedback, I really like as well. But the part that's the least enjoyable, but argue, but like as important, is the, the parts that not everyone sees, where I'm editing it, I'm putting it together, I'm releasing it on all the right sites and all that sort of crap. And then with with music, it's a lot of the time I've heard that writing music is really good when it's if something almost calls to you and you've got good stuff going. But if you're in a band sometimes, it can be really frustrating because either you've got this idea and someone else is clashing or you need to release just one last song to finish the EP and for some reason this last song just isn't clicking right and stuff. So like, mm. what's your thoughts on that sort of thing? Like, What's your favourite parts of it and songwriting and all that sort of jazz? My favourite part is probably... And that's the end of part one. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, guys. Um, part two will be released next week, uh, the same sort of time, you know, on a Sunday, um, as I try and always release these episodes semi-consistently. Um, I've brought the links to Ryan's band down below, you know, uh, Scars of Protest. Uh, be sure to check them out. They're on Spotify. The newest release, Celestial, is really good. And in part two, we continue our chat. Uh, we talk about band hacktivist, uh, the difficulty of being in a band. Um, about uh, Ryan's actually really humble when it comes to uh, this sort of thing, which I don't know if you could tell in the first uh, part of it, but it comes out a lot more in the second part as well. Um, we both talk about kind of our fluking our way through the passions and things like that, which is it's a great um, great laugh for that part. Um, as well as writing music, um, as well as like plagiarism, because uh, Ryan uh, in his old band actually released a song that is very similar to a, a song by the band called Amity, um, The Amity Affliction. Um, and he talks about that really honestly and openly. He's like, he didn't mean to essentially copy a song. He just kind of wrote it, they released it, got, did all the stuff for it, and then loads of people were like, you do realise this song sounds just like this other song. And he talks about all that sort of thing in, a, in like a really honest way, so that's really cool to hear. Um, we also then talk about the state of modern music, including things like Drake and a bit more about Post Malone. Um, we go on to yeah, music streaming and Spotify, and whether or not Spotify is like a good thing or a bad thing or we're not really sure um and that me and ryan used to still buy cds until only recently i think getting spotify and stuff so yeah it's a great chat next week um if you enjoyed this chat as well um, i'd really recommend going back and listening to the chat with um callum of decipher slash placeholder they're called placeholder now but they were called decipher when i was doing the podcast uh, all that sort of thing i think that's episode like five or six so if you're interested in sort of musicians talking about writing music and their sort of inspiration that sort of thing or you just want to get into some new cool music um yeah check out placeholder obviously check out scars of protest listen to that old podcast and be sure to check out part two um as always guys thanks for listening i really appreciate anyone listening especially to the end um if you feel like it you can review us on itunes um, and you can like us on all the usual social media places and subscribe and all that sort of jazz oh, I also realised that it was over in this podcast or it might be the next one that I mentioned Post Malone's album and I think I call it uh, Beer Bongs and Biltongs uh, because I'm a moron when it's meant to be uh, Beer Bongs and Bentleys
but yeah i'm i'm a failure in in more ways uh, more ways than one anyway guys talk to you next week <laughs>